Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. We begin at the border, where the Trump administration has focused much of its energy the past four years, from the so-called Muslim ban to family separation to building the border wall. President-elect Biden has promised to undo many of these policies, but that might be difficult, according to a report out this week from the nonpartisan Migration Policy Institute. KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler explains... Doris Meisner is a senior fellow and director of the U.S. Immigration Policy Program at the Institute. She says reversing four years of Trump administration priorities won't be easy. They really did more than any other president has done in the immigration system. So unwinding it is certainly something that that a Biden administration has pledged to do, but many of them will take time. President-elect Biden has promised to end the controversial Remain in Mexico program, which has sent thousands of asylum seekers back to Mexico. Meisner says bringing in more asylum officers to process these asylum seekers at the southern border will be vital to avoid another humanitarian crisis. The idea is to have asylum officers who are specially trained and who are credible, respected for this skill, actually adjudicate these cases. And as much as the Trump administration and President-elect Biden like to lay out their differences on things like immigration, there is considerable overlap. That includes support of Mexico's militarization of its southern border in response to Central American migration. For the California Report, I'm Max Nadler in San Diego. A spike in coronavirus cases has forced 11 California counties to move back to more restrictive reopening tiers. The counties include San Diego, Sacramento, and Stanislaus. And health officials say that if COVID-19 rates continue on their current trajectory, more than half of the state's 58 counties could be back in more restrictive tiers by next week. In advance of the holidays, Dr. Mark Galley, the state's Secretary of Health and Human Services, offered these reminders eating and drinking create a higher risk for COVID transmission. Similarly, activities where you see people who you haven't seen recently, so people outside of your household, also create a higher risk situation. And I'll just say, uh, we often uh, feel this the most with people who we're close to, so extended family, our closest friends, But even if we haven't seen them for a while, just because they're close to us personally doesn't mean that they have a lower risk of either uh, passing COVID on to you or having COVID come from you to them. 
And Dr. Galley says interactions with people outside of their immediate households should be short, outdoors, and physically distanced. Fresno's incoming mayor announced yesterday he's tested positive for the coronavirus. This comes as Fresno County's top health officials says COVID cases there are increasing and that he expects the region will soon move into a more restrictive category. KQED Central Valley correspondent Alex Hall reports. Fresno Mayor-elect Jerry Dyer says he was initially tested for COVID last week after attending an election night dinner with Fresno County Supervisor Steve Brandau. Brandau, who has been critical of a mask mandate, publicly announced he has COVID on Thursday. Dyer tested negative that time, but got tested again this week after developing a cough. Fresno City Councilman Mike Carbasi said he was also at that dinner and has since tested negative. This is the kind of thing that can happen to anybody, unfortunately. And what it taught me was don't get comfortable with COVID. It's okay to be a little bit paranoid and be diligent because you never know if the person you're talking to seems totally healthy. They could be a carrier. Fresno County's public health officer said that out of 25 county employees who were tested, five came back positive, and at least 40 have been asked to telework out of an abundance of caution. Fresno City Council President Miguel Arias said he and other city officials may have been exposed. In a statement, Fresno's current mayor, Lee Brand, said he tested negative and is staying home. For the California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. Can the L.A. County Board of Supervisors remove the county's elected sheriff? That's what lawyers have been asked to look into after a motion passed by the supervisors yesterday. It's the latest chapter in the power struggle between Sheriff Alex Villanueva and the supervisors who say he's failed to crack down on police gangs, fatal shootings and other misbehavior. More from KCRW's Benjamin Gottlieb. Unlike a police chief who is appointed, the sheriff of L.A. County, or any California county for that matter, is an elected official. But in the case of Sheriff Villanueva, some county leaders say he has abused his power. That includes Supervisor Hilda Solis. Despite two oversight bodies, the Inspector General and Civilian Oversight Commission, the sheriff continues to impede and thwart any resemblance of oversight or independent investigations into their operations. In a three to two vote, the supervisors approved a motion that asks county staff to explore how they could remove or restrict a sitting sheriff. Supervisor Janice Hahn cast one of the two no votes. She argues this decision should be left up to the voters. If they're used to electing the sheriff, they don't like the fact that we're going to remove that from them. Villanueva is up for re-election in 2022, and he told KTLA that some members of the board are threatening the democratic process in Los Angeles. I think that decision should always rest with the voters. It's a democratic process, and we should honor the institution and not try to uh, somehow dismantle them. Some possible changes include augmenting the county's code or charter, and also lobbying in Sacramento to change sheriffs from elected positions to appointed ones. For the California Report, I'm Benjamin Gottlieb in Los Angeles. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. 
This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. California's endangered humpback whales now have protection against potentially fatal entanglements in commercial fishing lines. This month, state wildlife officials issued new regulations for the Dungeness crab fishery, which can shut down crabbing in areas where whales are spotted. Humpback whale activity has already triggered the delay of this year's crab season, which was set to open this weekend. KQED's Peter Arcuni reports. Dungeness crab brings California fishermen about $30 million each year. But the ropes that connect crab traps on the ocean floor to buoys at the surface can entangle whales and leatherback sea turtles. Jeff Shester is a senior scientist for the environmental nonprofit Oceana. There's been a major increase in the number of entanglements just in the last five years. In 2016 alone, there were more than 50 confirmed humpback whale entanglements off the West Coast, many attributed to California's Dungeness crab fishery. Scientists estimate that three-quarters of whales who become entangled die. And so what these regulations do is create a new system for determining when certain areas might be closed to crab fishing. Under the new rules issued by the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, crabbing can be halted in areas where 20 or more whales are spotted. In the spring, toward the end of the season, 10 or more whales can trigger a shutdown. And confirmed entanglements have the potential to end the season altogether. Ben Platt is president of the California Coast Crab Association and a crab boat captain out of Crescent City. He says the number of whales that can trigger a closure is too small. The bottom line is that the thresholds are so low that it's unrealistic to expect that this fishery could continue in any meaningful way. Platt says this threatens the livelihood of many multi-generational fishing families on the California coast. Best case scenario now, We may have a three- to four-month season. Worst-case scenario, it could be weeks or a month. Ryan Bartling, an environmental scientist for the Department of Fish and Wildlife, says crab fishermen were part of the working group that helped craft the new rules. We're trying to balance the need to protect an endangered species and allow for the crabbing fishery to continue and be viable for the state of California and all the fishing communities that depend on it. Bartling adds that closing down crabbing isn't the only way the department can respond to whale activity. It can be a depth restriction, can be a gear reduction, another management action based on the best available science. The new rules also provide a potential avenue for crab fishermen to avoid the closures altogether. 
by adopting ropeless crab gear that won't pose a threat to whales and sea turtles. Though that technology, Bartling says, is still a work in progress. For the California Report, I'm Peter Arcuni. During the years Donald Trump has been in the White House, California Attorney General Javier Becerra has been one of his greatest adversaries, with Becerra filing a barrage of lawsuits against the administration, challenging it on issues from the environment to immigration to health care. Yesterday afternoon, I talked to Becerra about his years battling the Trump administration and what might come next for him with Joe Biden in the White House. But we began by talking about yesterday's U.S. Supreme Court hearing, where plaintiffs are challenging the Affordable Care Act, a challenge the state of California is fighting. What we saw or heard, at least in the Supreme Court, is the kind of probing questions that you always expect from the justices. And in this case, when you're talking about dismantling the health care that tens of millions of Americans count on, you should expect probing questions. And that's exactly what we got. I am guardedly optimistic that what I heard were signals from the court that they, too, have deep concerns and reservations about eliminating a law that has now become indispensable, especially during COVID-19, to millions of Americans. You know, I know you've said in the past, when, when I've talked to you in the past, you've said, hey, my office can sue the Trump administration a bunch of times and still do all the other work we need to do in this office. But does a change in administration mean that you can do other things? There'll be more resources, more money, more, more sheer headspace to think about other work you can be doing, you and your, your colleagues can be doing. Well, I, I'm certainly looking forward to getting rid of this PTSD. I keep telling folks, uh, President Trump, uh, stress disorder uh, uh, will hopefully begin to subside. But look, it, there are going to be challenges, whoever is president. It just helps to have a straight shooter in the White House and Joe Biden. And so uh, rather than worry about whether not just California, but the rest of the nation will move forward with clean car standards that make sure that the vehicles that we're driving are as clean as they could be, we, we will be able to move to the next generation where in California we want to go to zero emission vehicles. Uh, with the Trump administration, we were having to defend the, the standards that we had today, not talk about moving forward to the future. And so what a difference it'll make to have a president who wants to work as a partner in moving not just California, but the country into the future. And finally, and I absolutely know you won't tell me any details, but, you know, there's a lot of speculation about your immediate future and whether you might fill Senator Harris's seat, uh, U.S. Senate seat, when she becomes vice president, or you might have a prominent role in the incoming administration. President Biden offering something, the governor offering a U.S. Senate seat. You will you will have that conversation at the very least if the call is made to you. Oh, no doubt. Uh, There's no way you do not have a conversation with the president of the United States or the governor of the state of California. How that conversation goes is another matter. But any time you have an opportunity to talk to leaders who make a world of difference in the lives of human beings, uh, you got to be ready. All right. That is Javier Becerra, Attorney General of the state of California. Mr. Attorney General, thanks so much. Thank you very much. 
and a couple of other news notes happening around the Golden State. Voters have narrowly defeated Proposition 15, according to the Associated Press. That ballot measure would have removed property tax protections on commercial properties so they could be reassessed at current market values. And in Orange County, Republican congressional candidate Michelle Steele has won her race against Democratic incumbent Harley Ruda. Ruda was elected in 2018. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, November 11th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks for listening, and have a good Veterans Day. Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com. And Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from DrinkHint.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randal Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.